How long have we been sitting here? 20 minutes? Half hour? Five minutes. No. Yeah. Oh, it has to be longer than that. Why can't we come up with anything? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't want to go back to the park director with nothing. Sorry, sir, but Michelle and I, we are just volunteers. Sorry we can come up with any ideas for the fundraiser banquet. Didn't you say you already had some ideas for the decorations? Oh, no, not really. They're, they're just rough ideas. I was basically doodling. Come on. Let me see. Maybe it'll spark some ideas. Okay, but promise not to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Let me see. Terry, these are incredible. Wow. I never would have thought of using the space that way. Seriously, you like it? We don't have to use any of these ideas. I didn't think any of them were that good. Then again, that's how I usually feel. What do you mean? Oh, sometimes, well, sometimes I'm just not very confident in my ideas. Poor myself. Really? That's hard to believe. I mean, you're so good at this. I feel that way a lot of times, but you? Well, I guess I worry that well, I worry that people won't get me or accept me. I've always been the creative type, and for most people, that is not a good thing. <laughs> so you end up second-guessing yourself about everything, right? Totally. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel the same way a lot of the times. It's not easy for me, but I try to remind myself that it's not always as important what everybody else thinks about me. It's more important what God thinks about me, how he feels about me. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, what about you? Have you ever thought about God from that perspective? What do you mean? Well, I was wondering if you ever thought about what God thinks about us, about you. Well, I have wondered about God before, especially when I was little. You know, I didn't go to church much. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to this Mother's Day of 2012. We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, the video that you saw was a part of our, uh, our new series that we are studying on Wednesdays, uh, and it is How to Become a Courage uh, um, Contagious Christian. And uh, this just shows how, how one of the ways that we can uh, easily share our faith within the context of our relationships with one another. And so we'd like to invite you to come and be a part of our uh, Wednesday night uh, study on how to become a contagious Christian. Uh, we will not be having that study this Wednesday. We do have a business meeting this Wednesday, but we will be continuing the study uh, the Wednesday after that. We welcome you here. It's a great day. We have a lot of folks here, a lot of visitors for our Mother's Day, and we welcome you especially today uh, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our, our family today. We started the day off great with a wonderful breakfast for our moms. Uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone, and thanks, men, for uh, chipping in and, and doing your part to make it so, so special this morning and starting it out so well. And... Uh, and we're so we're just so grateful for all of you today. 
Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets there on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please uh, put your email address on there. It's a good way to keep up with uh, what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, uh, the, uh, the offerings for, um, for fellowship and service and worship that we have here. <clears throat> Speaking of which, let me uh, call, let me call to your attention just a few announcements that we have. You may notice as you leave here today on the table right by the door, there are a bunch of baby bottles there. And those baby bottles are uh, for uh, Marcia's Place, which is a ministry for uh, those in, with crisis pregnancies. And we would like to ask if you would like to uh, be a part of this ministry to take one of those bottles and between now and uh, Father's Day, just drop your spare change in there and then bring it back to us by Father's Day. And we will uh, uh, use that as a way to support this ministry at Marsha's Place. Uh, we will be having a blood drive on May the 30th. And if you would like to make an appointment, you can see Jika and she'll be glad to uh, sign you up to take your blood. And um, coming up just soon after that, uh, we'll be having Vacation Bible School. Uh, on June the 4th through the 7th, and, you know, I, I can hardly believe that I'm talking about Vacation Bible School already, but it's almost here upon us, just a few weeks away. That's June the 4th through the 7th, and as we've done for the past couple of years, we are collaborating with uh, three other churches here in, in Henderson, uh, Community Baptist Church, along with uh, the First Christian Church, the Presbyterian Church, and St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And this year, we kind of move it around from year to year. This year, the uh, Vacation Bible School will be at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And so uh, if you are a child, then please come. And if you know some children, please encourage them to come to our Vacation Bible School that's coming up. Uh, one other announcement. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we are in need of a new lawnmower uh, Frank has been wonderful to, uh, uh, to cut our grass for free, and the lawnmower that he has been using has, uh, it bit the dust, and it just won't crank. It just won't, it won't do anything anymore, and so we need a new lawnmower. Uh, thank you for those of you who chipped in last week. We need a little bit more, so if you would uh, be willing to uh, chip in a little bit, uh, to, to buy a new lawnmower, then we would certainly appreciate that. And, uh, and this will be the last time I ask about that, but if you would like to contribute, just be, be sure to put on your, your check uh, for lawnmower, and we'll be sure to uh, put it in the right place. We have a lot going on here at Community Baptist Church, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of love that's here. And we like to share that love with one another. So let me invite you now to stand and share the love of Christ as we greet one another in the, in the name of the Lord.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, children, it's time for your special moment now. So, children, we invite you to come forward right over here. Mr. Frank has uh, the children's moment. So, uh, come on up and uh, have a seat right here. Grab some carpet. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Is everybody having a wonderful day? Oh, yes. All right. Does anybody know what today's day? today is? Mother's Day. And how many of us would be here without mothers? Yeah. How many of us love our mothers? That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to you about candles, mothers, and Jesus, and what they have in common. So you obviously know this is a candle, and we're going to light it, okay? All right. Now, do you know what that candle does? Lights you up. It lights up. Do you know uh, that uh, what our mothers do for us? What do they do for us? Uh, do you do you fix your own meals? No. Okay, they feed you. Do you uh, do they do you clean the house, the whole house? They clean the house too, don't they? And when you get sick, you take care of yourself. No, no our mothers take care of us too, don't they? Well, sometimes mothers get sick and feel bad, and they need us to help take care of them. So uh, when we do that, see when a mother's sick. Whoop! Now see, I just did that and knocked the wick out. When a mother feels sick, her 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 candle her her flame is really low. But when you say good things to her, make her feel good, tell her you love her, their flame gets really high. You make you make the, you make your mother's heart light up. Okay, do you know anything about Jesus and his mother? Who is Jesus' mother? God. Jesus' mother was Mary. And do you know that Jesus took care of his mother too? When Jesus was on the cross dying, he looked at his mother and he said, I am, you know, I am your son. And then he looked at the disciple John and he said, this is your mother. That was his way of telling John to take care of his mother. So that was really, really special. So, uh, So when our mother's, you know, when you notice your mother feeling bad, just think of it as a candle and her light is, you know, getting a little weak. And if you, if you love her and you help her and you pray for her and pray with her, then her flame will, her, her light will flicker a lot brighter. All right? All right. Well, we're going to say a prayer. I've got a candle for each one of you to give your mothers, okay? All right. Let's say a little prayer for our mothers, all right? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for all that they do. We thank you for all the love they give. We thank thank you that they love you. And we thank you that they love you enough to help us love you. Go with them throughout this day and throughout the rest of their journey. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. All right. Guys, come up here and get you. Just pick it up. Pick it up. Okay. 
strawberry? All right. Yeah. And as a spe- special Mother's Day treat, the po- the children of the children's choir that's been practicing this, would you please get in line for your performance today? Go ahead and take your candles back to your mama, please. If your mama's here, go ahead and take your candles and then come up here and get ready for your special Mother's Day performance. <clears throat> and while they're getting ready for their performance, I just want to express how hard these children have been working. The song that they're going to perform today is called The Big Picture. And we've talked to the kids about why, when they first start their life, they're a blank canvas. But as they grow up, each and every one of them became a special or will become a special work of art. And that special work of art is because of all the love from our Heavenly Father, their mothers, their fathers, their grandmothers, everyone in the church family. So each of them will become a masterpiece, just as all of us have become masterpieces. And you will hear the kids sing about as a child of God. These children hope to show the world the big picture. So please help me welcome the children's choir, Miss Virginia Marcy and Miss Kelsey Dunham, as they present a special Mother's Day piece, The Big Picture.
Thank you, boy, boy and girl. As we make our way back to Children's Church, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of our mothers, all of our grandmothers, all the ladies in the church. Thank you so much for all you do for us. And Julie's uh, youth children, or I shouldn't say children, Julie's youth group, I just got to look for my son. Julie's youth group is going to um, present each of our mothers and grandmothers and all the ladies of our church a special gift. Thank you so much. Children, back to Children's Church. Wasn't that wonderful? Absolutely. Here comes Stephanie and Jason. Uh, Justin, I'm sorry. Did I say, did I say Jason? <laughs> Justin. And Sadie. And Sadie. We're going to have a baby dedication here. And the dedication of a child to God is, is a very important and, and sacred and holy event. Uh, dedication involves not only a child, but also the parents the extended parents or the extended family and, and the church as well. Uh, Stephanie and Justin, have we, we rejoice with you um, because Sadie has come into your hearts and in, into your home. And there's no gift of God that's more precious and more filled with uh, promise and blessing than the coming of children into our homes. And yet with these blessings, there are also um, tremendous responsibilities, aren't there? Yeah, you've discovered that, huh? <laughs> uh, into your care, God has entrusted this soul whose, uh, whose destiny will be determined uh, to a large extent by the character and the influence that you'll provide in your home. And so guard your home well in Christ. Uh, you will remember that the Bible has a lot to say about Children and the responsibilities of, of parenthood. I'll remind you of what Moses said, of challenging parents to store up in their own hearts uh, the words of wise counsel and advice so that they can teach their children. And I'll remind you that, that Hannah brought her son Samuel, who became God's prophet, to the temple. And Joseph and Mary also brought Jesus to the temple where Simeon blessed Jesus. In God's name, what an event to be the earthly parents of the Son of God. But their responsibilities were no different from yours. As they did with Jesus, let me admonish you to surround your children with love and with care. And bring them up with such, in such a way that as, you, as they begin to understand, they will come to love and, and follow your example. To follow Jesus. But in this service of dedication, we, your church, also are making a commitment because we know that being a parent is not easy and you should not feel alone in your endeavor. The affirmation and support of, of your church family can be of great help and encouragement. And for this reason, our, our church places a great deal of importance on a dedication service for parents and for children. In the service of dedication, the church recognizes and acknowledges the dual responsibilities that it shares with you 
in shaping Sadie's character in her life. Look at that face. <laughs> this commitment service should also reflect the church's attitude towards families to communicate its intention and its desire to support, to encourage, to love, and to nurture you as a parent and as your children. And so, let us share today this commitment to commit this child, Sadie, and these parents, Stephanie and Justin, to the Lord. Please respond appropriately. Stephanie and Justin, do you desire earnestly that your child grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? As parents, do you covenant together with God to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to assist her in growing, as did Jesus, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and humanity? Because you desire for your child a knowledge of the Scriptures and a loving, respectful attitude toward God and God's Son, Jesus Christ, do you promise to use your home and the organization of the church to accomplish this task? We do. Recognizing the responsibility that you have as a congregation toward each child, do you agree to love and protect her? seeking always to manifest toward her a Christian spirit? Do you promise that by giving your time, talents, and money, you will do your part and help provide spiritual instruction and Christian training? If you accept this responsibility, will you indicate by standing if you are able? We, the church, pledge to commit ourselves to nurture these parents and their children, to provide opportunities for training and growth in parenting and family enrichment, and to offer them our support and our loving concern. Let us pray. O oh God, our mother and father, we thank you for this child a sign of the kingdom growing by leaps and bounds. With unconditional love, we bring her into our circle. Let us tell her your story again and again and again until she imagines it and paints it and sings it and acts it and dances it and writes it until it sinks deep within her body and spirit and voice. Remind us, that children come trailing clouds of glory, not so far from the wonder of your face. Forgive us for watering down the gospel until you, until you are just another grown-up who went about doing good long before she was born. Help us to teach her the faith and hope that she will need to live authentically in this world. And even as we try to shelter her from the storms, help us to model compassion that enters the pains of others. Let us nurture all that makes her a precious gift, a daughter made in the image of God. And above all, as we grow alongside our children, may our dependability and faithfulness show them 
that they can trust your tender love both now and forever. Amen. scripture today is from John chapter 15 verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. 
No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. I was asked to do this this week, and I've thought most of the week about what to say. I know that I'm supposed to pray to you about your giving and the needs of the church. My prayer is not going to be exactly that. You know that. But what I am going to say, I've talked to God many times this week about what to say. I've put it down in words. My wife says, you're not going to read it, are you? And I said, no, but the more I looked at it, the better I thought it would be better to read it. So if you bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, we are in your house today for two main reasons. The hour of us celebrate your gift of love and opportunities of life. The second is to pay tribute to our mothers. 
is not remembered by both of these occasions were done through pain, but with love. You gave us life forever when you took away our sins on the cross. You gave the opportunity to live life more abundantly and to taking away the sins of the world. Our mothers gave us the gift of life through pain of birth and raising us to become all adults with some understanding of the fact that life will always have pain in some manner, but it views it by us with knowledge. It gives us life on both sides of death. Be with these women that serve as God did through much of our sake, and be with us as we understand the reason for our celebration of both. Amen.
Wow, what a blessing. Thank you, Sarah and Bethany. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing that is. Mother's Day. Wow. Mother's Day can be, um, it, it's a wonderful day to celebrate. And, and being a mother, how many mothers in here find it, it has always been an easy thing? I didn't think so. Sometimes it can be a little difficult. I I heard about a little boy who was watching his mother gently rub cold cream on her face. And and he asked, why are you rubbing that stuff on your face? And his mother said, to make myself beautiful. And a few minutes later, she started to remove the cold cream from her face with with a tissue. And he said, what's the matter? You giving up? You never know, do you? It's not easy being a mom these days. And those of you who have children know it's not easy, regardless of their age. I, there was one mom who, who said that she's going to try something different next summer with their dog and their children. She says she's, next summer she's going to send the, the dog to camp and the children to obedience school. And that wonderful writer, Irma Bombeck, once said that, once said, what mother has never fallen on her knees when she has gone into her son's bedroom and prayed, please, God, no more. You were only supposed to give me what I could handle. It's not easy. Or as someone else has said, the hand that rocks the cradle usually is attached to someone who isn't getting enough sleep. That's true. One mother tells about when her her son arrived back in the United States after fighting with the 1st Marine Division in Iraq. And she says she still couldn't help reacting like a mom when she saw her son running across the base carrying a bayonet to give to some of his buddies. Kevin, she shouted halfway across the, bet, the base, don't run with that knife in your hands. Every mom has done it at some point or another, but let's face it, most of us would have been lost without our moms. A couple was moving across the country and they decided to drive both cars and their eight-year-old son Nathan was worried, how, how will we keep from getting separated? And <clears throat> dad reassured him, we'll drive slowly and one car will follow the other one. But what if we do get separated? Nathan persisted and Dad joked, well, then I guess we'll never see each other again. And Nathan answered, I'm riding with Mom. (laughs) Smart fella. Actually, the situation could be summed up in the words of one mom when she said, I'd like to be the ideal mother, but I'm too busy raising kids. And that's true, isn't it? Well, our scripture for today It's probably the perfect passage of Scripture for Mother's Day because it's all about love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. 
Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know the master's business. Instead, I call you my friends for everything that I have learned from my father I have taught you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Now, there there are several thoughts that I think we can draw from this, this lesson today. First of all, let us notice that love is a command. Jesus isn't suggesting that it be probably a good idea if we love one another. This is a command. To be a follower of Jesus Christ is to love. To love our families, to love our friends, to love our even our enemies. In fact, earlier in this same gospel, Jesus said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. I don't think you can be any more direct than that. And when you think about it, there, there aren't really that many rules, much to many people's surprise. There, there are not that many rules to the Christian faith. Not really. But this one rule is ironclad. We are to love. Of course, this was not the first time that Jesus lifted up love as the greatest commandment. In Matthew's gospel, an expert of the law tested Jesus with the question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And and he replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest command. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he said, All of the law and the commandments, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two Commandments. Love. A young boy in elementary school was given a test on grammar. He was being tested on the, the perfect tense of verbs. And, and there was a column of verbs on one side in the present tense. And he was supposed to put the perfect form for each verb in the column next to it. But he came to the verb to live. And on the opposite column, for the perfect tense, he wrote the word to love. Now, grammatically, he was not right. Grammatically, he was wrong because the perfect tense of live is not love. But from a Christian point of view, he had it right on. For you see, the perfect form of to live is to love. It is. John Ortberg tells about a friend who had a tough life. He had virtually no father growing up, and his mother was a very difficult person. She was married five times, and none of her relations lasted very long. 
She had, she, uh, had little time for her children and gave them not much encouragement. And, and this adult man still carried a lot of wounds from, his, from her inattention. But late in life, his mother developed a muscular disorder. And she gradually lost almost every physical ability. You can imagine how difficult she was to to take care of. None of her other children would have anything to do with her, and neither would any of the men that she had married. Nobody except for this son, John Ortberg's Ortberg's friend. Ortberg says, My friend decided to love. He took her into his home and cared for her, feeding her by hand and combing her hair and cleaning up after her messes. About all she could do was cry and moan. Ortberg thought to himself about his friend, how, how can he stand this? I've been given so many blessings, the, the church, the scripture, the family, exponentially greater than this guy. I don't know if I could love like this. When his mother died, 16 people attended her funeral. None of her other kids came. The son who cared for her had a little toy tape recorder that his mother had had gotten for him one Christmas. And he and he played a tape of him and his mother singing Jingle Bells. He talked about how she loved Christmas and how when he was a kid, he would play the guitar and she would sing with him. Ortberg says he didn't love her perfectly, not by a long shot. But he loved her when loving was the hardest He loved her when no one else would love her, and he remembered her with kind words. And I'm sure that was hard, loving her when she had shown so little love to him. But that's what Christian love is all about. That's the kind of love that Christ gave to us when we did not deserve it. It's unconditional. And it's a command. But secondly, let us notice that love is also sacrificial. In this passage, Christ talks about laying down one's life. And for many of us, you know, love may be a squishy kind of emotion that really doesn't have any real content. I love you for what you can do for me. That's the basic rule of this kind of love. You meet my needs, and so I have a warm feeling toward you. We sing about that kind of love all the time, but in our hearts we know that it's horribly superficial. The fact is that true love is sacrificial. There were two tribes in the Andes that were at war with one another, and one lived in the lowlands, and the others, other tribe lived way up in the, in the mountains. And it seems that the mountain people had invaded the lowlanders one day. And as a part of their plundering, they kidnapped a baby and took him back up into the mountains. Well, the the lowlanders didn't know how to climb the mountains. They didn't know any of the trails that the mountain people knew, and they didn't know where to to find the mountain people or how to track them in this this steep terrain. But even so, they, they sent out their best fighting men to climb the mountain and to bring that baby back. They first tried one method of climbing and then another, and 
And they tried one one trail and, and then another. But after several days of attempting to get up that mountain, they had only climbed a few hundred feet. And so feeling hopeless and helpless, they decided it was a lost cause and they prepared to return to their village. But as they were packing their gear, they saw the baby's mother walking towards them and, and they realized that she was coming down the mountain. They, the, mount, the same mountain that they had not figured out how to climb. And then they saw that she had her baby strapped to her back. How could that be? One man, one man greeted her and said, we couldn't climb this mountain. How did you do this when we were, the strong, we were the strongest men in the village? We couldn't do it. And she shrugged her shoulders and said, wasn't your baby? <laughs> well, you know, every parent worth his or her salt understands that. Because there's nothing that we will not do for our children. Now, of course, some of us are at that stage of life when it's our, our parents who need our sacrificial love. It's a part of that circle of life. Our parents provided for our needs when we were young, and, but now they, they have needs in their lives. Who's going to be there for them? You may be a part of, that, of what's called the sandwich generation caught between the needs of your children and your and the needs of your aging parents and that's a hard place to be but a lot of us are there bev holzeiser tells about a time when her mother was visiting her and and uh, her mother asked bev to go shopping with her because she needed a new dress but and bev confesses that she's not a very patient person and she didn't really want to go shopping with her mom but They went off together to the mall, and they went to nearly every store in the mall. And her mother tried on dress after dress, rejecting them all. And as the day wore on, Bev grew weary, and her mother grew frustrated. And then finally, at at the last stop, she tried on a a lovely blue three-piece dress, and the blouse had a bow at the neckline. And as Bev stood there with her mom, she watched as her mother tried very hard to tie that bow, but but her hands were so crippled with arthritis that she just couldn't do it. And so Bev's impatience gave way to compassion, and she turned away to try to hide the tears that were welling up in her eyes. And, And then she turned back to her mother to tie the bow for her. It was a beautiful dress, and her mother bought it. Their shopping trip was over, but the event was etched indelibly in Bev's memory. For the rest of the day, her mind kept returning to that moment and to the vision of her her mother's hands trying to tie that bow. Those loving hands. Those hands that had fed her and bathed her, and dressed her, and caressed her, and comforted her, and most of all, prayed for her. They were now touching her in the most remarkable way. Later in the evening, Bev went into her mother's bedroom and took her mom's hands into her own and kissed them. And then much to her surprise, she told her mom that that they were the most beautiful hands in the world. 
Beth says that she's so grateful that, that God let her see with, with new eyes that what a precious gift a, a loving, self-sacrificing mother really is. And she prays that someday her own hands will earn such beauty of their own. Some of you can probably relate to that. You remember all the many loving sacrifices that your mom and, or your dad has made for you. And, and now you watch sadly as your parents struggle with aging. But, but now it's your turn to make the sacrifices. Again, it's not easy. Christ never promised that it would be easy. But folks, here's the thing. Love is sacrificial. And finally, love is what life is all about. Love is what life is all about. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul summed it up like this. These three three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. J. Allen Allen Peterson tells about a flight that he once took out of Brazil. He says he was awakened from his sleep by a voice announcing that we have a serious emergency. Three engines have quit because of fuel contamination and the fourth was expected to go any minute. The the plane began to to drop and to turn in the night preparing for an emergency landing. and, And at first the situation seemed unreal to Peterson. But when the steward barked, prepare for impact, he found himself and everybody else on the plane praying. And as he buried his head in his lap and pulled his knees up, he said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the incredible privilege of knowing you. Life has been wonderful. And as the plane approached the ground, his last cry was, oh, God, my wife, my children, Well, Peterson survived that crash. But as he wandered around the airport in a, in a daze, aching all over his body, he, he, he found that he couldn't speak, he couldn't say anything, but his mind was, was racing at 100 miles an hour. What were my last words? What was the bottom line, he thought to himself. And then, as he remembered, he had his answer. It is love. Reunited with his wife and his children, he found that all he could say to them over and over again was, I love you. I appreciate you. I love you. He discovered that the bottom line of of life is love. Love is what life is all about. God created this world so that God would have us to love. God sent God's only son to die on the cross because of love. And one day when we gather around God's throne with all of those who we love, we will discover that the final payoff for life is love. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
And so today, my challenge to you is this. Go forth from this place determined to live a life of love so that you may be perfectly fulfilled in the commandments of Jesus Christ. Love one another. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And it's one that's, I think, so appropriate on this Mother's Day because so many mothers have sung this, this song to their children, Jesus Loves Me. And most children know this, and we have sung it since we were children. But it's a song that carries great meaning, not only because of it's something from our childhood, but it carries great meaning because of what it says. Jesus loves me. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? If you have not met this love of Christ, you can have it today. By accepting the love that he has to offer you. And that's the invitation to you. If you've never made that commitment to Christ. If you're looking for a church home. We invite you to come and unite with our church today. Or maybe you need a time of prayer today. As God is working in your heart today. We invite you to come. As we sing together. Jesus loves me. Would you come? We have welcomed you, O God. We have worshipped you with our hearts and minds and souls. You have turned our minds to you so that we may understand the true meaning of life. You have turned our hearts to you so that we may abide in your love and that your love may flow through each of us. You have turned our wills to your word 
so that you may guide us into all truth through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now go with us, O God. Go before us and lead the way that we may follow in your love. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.